Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Wow. Wow. All right, let me let me uh, let me retweet this for the people on Twitter slash Periscope. But we are live. It is Vikings Vetline here on Score North Twitter, Facebook. And also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, powered by our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer. Corona Hard Seltzer, spiked sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Declan, what flavor before we dive into what in the bleep happened? We're going with cherry. Okay. We're going to go with cherry. I, I want something a little... Little extra kick after what what I've had to go through. I, I thought about mixing the blackberry lime and lime if there was going to be a win, Phil. I wanted maybe get all the limes in there, but I'm gonna have to go with cherry, dude. So uh, so Dex is going to be uh, mainlining Krona Hard Seltzer here. Judd Zolget is at US Bank Stadium. The Vikings lose in uh, the final moments of this game. Steven Goskowski kicked all of the field goals. And uh, we will take your we'll, – we'll bring people in, fans. You can come into the video with us. Declan will be checking vikingsventline at gmail.com. And so, uh, Judd, you're at the stadium. Your thoughts uh, – I mean, so many yes. things to get into here, but ultimately the Vikings are 0-3 on Justin Jefferson's breakout day in the NFL. Uh, to me, that, that's the most important thing, Phil. To me, the fact that uh, Jefferson had a huge game. Look, they're 0-3. Are you shocked? Like, the defense is not good. Holton Hill can barely play, right? So th- there's nothing here that, to me, is all that surprising. Um, so as far as this goes, yes, it's disappointing. Yes, it looked like there were certainly points in this game where the Titans were not playing well and the Vikings should have won. All of those things are true. But by this stage now, three games in, I can't say I'm shocked. And I do think the my biggest question is this. Justin Jefferson, first two games, where were you? Like Dude. this is this is what this season is about, right? Development and finding who can play and who can't. This guy is damn good. This guy made some great plays. The, the quarterback actually looked for him throughout the course of this game. So so we could talk about the defense. We could talk about Holton Hill. There's a lot to break down and get into analysis-wise. But my top takeaway is where has Jefferson been? And now that he's here, can he please stay? Can he Dude, please be involved? So let's actually start out with that. Let's start out with, the, with the, I mean, the glaring positive in this one. And some people might say two glaring positives. Number one, you stay on your path to tank for Trevor or to fail for yeah. fields. But 
Justin Jefferson is a bona fide, legit star wide receiver. And, and the eye test, I think, sort of gave you sprinkles in the first two games. But just to put it into context here, boys, okay? Laquan Treadwell, also a first round draft pick wide receiver. Laquan Treadwell, in his first two years as a Viking, had 215 total yards. Mm-hmm. 215 total yards in his first two years. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, in one game, had a buck 75. And then, of course, like they've inexplicably couldn't find him at any point late in the fourth quarter there. And we can talk about that last drive and the meltdown. Um, but let's actually know Let's get right into it. Cause it looks like we have our first guest here. Let's get to Zach. And if you want to be a guest on the show here on Vikings vent line, you can hit us up Vikings vent line at gmail.com. Please keep it clean. Don't get us fired. Don't swear. Uh, Zach, what are your takeaways, man? You got about a minute. Here we go. Week three. Um, same story, I guess. Uh, there's some things that you could take away. Like there, there was some good defensive stands holding to field goals instead of giving up touchdowns. But, you know, when the game is on the line and, you know, who, who do you want under center? It's, it's not Kirk Cousins. I mean, so Judd, what are your thoughts off what Zach just said? That final drive, like, here's my thing. You can sit there and say, well, offensive line didn't protect him, or uh, there was a bad snap at one point that I didn't see the replay of, so I need to go back and look at it. But, like, ultimately, all right, dude, you just have to get the Vikings in the field goal range here. Just get the Vikings to, like, the 35 or 30-yard line. And not only can you not do that, it's a complete, absolute comedy of errors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this. To me, right now, the 2020 season is all about one thing, and it's the unknowns, right? It's the unknowns of what can Jefferson do, what can Gladney do, what can the defensive guys that we don't know, the draft picks. Um, when it comes to Kirk, I think we know exactly what Kirk can do. And I think we are – it's not going to – it might pleasantly surprise us against a really bad team – in a garbage time game completely. I get that. But when you're talking about, okay, week three, you've got the Titans, you've got to have a drive. Your, your quarterback absolutely positively has to come through. Um, I think we pretty much know the answer is now, and we, we certainly didn't know this three years ago, but the answer is now it's not going to happen. So if I was a Vikings fan, or I would urge Vikings fans to focus on, on the positives of the unknowns, because I don't think the knowns are going to change their stripes much, and they are what they are, unfortunately. Yeah. Zach, what is your is your main takeaway? Oh, my God, the Vikings have a star receiver, or wow, they're 0-3 and they have problems. I said it last week, too. I think Justin Jefferson was making some great contested catches, and I think maybe they, they finally let the Ferrari out of the garage. You know, a la this, this looks very much like Stefan Diggs, where the first couple games wasn't really used, and then he just had that breakout game, and then it was like Stefan Diggs never left. Um, but, you know, I, if, if we had one, I would have said, well, I guess to win, you have to have a career rush day from Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson going off for almost 200 yards um, to win. But we had that happen, and we still couldn't get the W. So where do you yeah. go from here? Yeah, I mean, you got to stop giving up 30, 40 points every week. I mean, that's, that's really – and by the way, like, they gave up 30 points in this game, and – Enforced what six field goals? Like they actually, Half of they actually it was field goals. <laughs> so um, a lot of bend but don't break. It could have been actually a lot worse defensively. Zach, great stuff again, man. We'll get you on vent line again sometime soon. Um, Judd's at the stadium right now. And just a quick shout out too, because a lot of people are probably new to this platform. So Purple Daily is a daily Viking show you can find on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. Scorenorth.com as well. 
And uh, and obviously our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, where we are pumping out daily Vikings content in addition to the post-game Vikings vent line here. All right, let's go Dex to uh, Pulford Skoll here. Pulford Skoll, all right, keep it clean. You got about 60 seconds. What were your takeaways today? Vikings lose. Oh, we can't hear Pulford. Let me, let's unmute his mic there. You got it now? There we go. Okay, all right, there yep. we go. You guys remember what I said last week? I was just sitting in there shining my boots. And uh, I said, we need to get this number 18 going. Like, I, I feel like he's a good player. They should probably put him in the game a little bit more. And I think you guys watched the same game I did today. And he didn't have a single touch in the, what, the second half? Like, they just benched him. Wh- why? Yeah, it was – and, again, like, this is – I hate to be, like, the got to look at the film guy, but did the – he had one catch in the second half. Did Tennessee go out in the second half and say, all right, well, this guy is ridiculous. Uh, we're just not going to let him – but, again, like, a lot, of the, a lot of the plays for Justin Jefferson, he caught a couple of deep passes, but he's more of an underneath yards after the catch guy. And so I don't understand how you can't ride the hot hand in that second half and just diagram a couple of, you know, again, I am not the film guy, but a drag route or something, just get the ball in his hands and let him run and and do his thing. So I, it's a mystery, man. Like, I, did they forget about him? Did the Titans scheme him out in the second half? I don't know. You, you know, you know, exactly. I think we got to, you know, you got to place a little blame on the game. Something happens. I mean, Guskowski, I mean, he kicked six field goals. A 53 or what, 54 and a 55. I mean, that's incredible. But what is Mike Zimmer doing with 30 seconds left going into the fourth quarter and says, nah, might, might as well have just taken a knee or punt the ball. I don't know. I mean, like, what, what, what's the point of just wasting the valuable time all the time with Mike Zimmer? Yeah, Zimmer, I'll say too, like that challenge he had, there's, a, there's always like clock management and game management things with him. And uh, they they burn their final challenge and burn a timeout there on a play that from every angle we saw and he had extra him and the, and the coaching staff had extra looks at it because they because it was I can't remember exactly why but it just it took a long time for the Titans to run the next play and uh, so like would that have mattered could they have maybe had some more time on the clock um, and not have been so panicked I don't know but. Just a what what a mixed bag today, man. Pulford Skull, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. Vikings zero and three here. Jaha, let's unmute Judd here too. Everyone's mics are muted. No, we're good. Judd. Oh, Judd, you, you, you might have to unmute your mic there, Judd, because we can't on, hear you on, on Streamyard. Physically on Streamyard. <laughs> um, a, well, how about this? Let's should we just go to Dave in South Carolina? That works. Yeah. All right, let's do that. do that for now. Dave, what's going on? What's up, guys? I know it's been a while. Hope y'all are well. Good to hear from you, man. Uh, yeah, Phil. I shot you an email. Get back to me when you can, brother. Yeah. Um, other than that, listen, um, you guys know how I feel. I hope Judd's got his mic back. If you remember, <laughs> I told you guys before we had the run late last year, this is what really needed to happen. Um, and I think that this is what needs to happen is that guys get in, guys play, young guys develop. We continue the same clock management crap. We continue to do the same things offensively that Kubiak didn't seem to have a clue to me. Um, the guy made a good point about Jefferson. Well, how about Dalvin Cook, guys? I mean, he should not be coming out of the game. He should have 30 to 40 touches a game. I'm talking strictly running the football and catching it. Um, defensively, I don't care how good your system is. Guys are running free down the field. Of course, listening to the broadcast on the radio, I'm not going to get into it. I can't tell if it's a 40-yard completion or a one-yard gain. The bottom line 
is that this stuff is unacceptable to me. You blitz too late. You, you, you challenge, like you said, Phil, things that shouldn't be challenged. It almost looks like desperation to me. And I think it's the beginning of the cracks you're going to see. Nothing will happen this year. We have to play for next year. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. You have to tank for one of these quarterbacks. And what you do is you take that tank job, get the quarterback, let him play or not, he's ready to go. Then what you do is I think you've got to trade back into the draft and get an offensive tackle, and then you start to piece this together. But the offensive line is not sufficient on this team and will never be sufficient until they get things done. I was a Bradbury guy. Take me off at a Bradbury chain, a claim, uh, whatever you want to call it, and let's go to PFF and look at actual results. And don't insult my intelligence anymore, uh, Mike Zimmer, and tell me that PFF does not know what it's talking about because I'm an intelligent football guy, and I can listen to this game, and I can tell that he – something is – there's a disconnect. And I hope that the Wills are taking this into consideration, and I swear to you guys, I think Spielman is a good general manager. He's got a good roster, and if Zimmer does not get this together, my name is Eric Bieniemy. Bring him back. Let's go with an offensive coach. Let's take the talent that's there, which is a lot. And I think we have to get ready for next year, guys. It's depressing. I've waited nine months for this, but this really is what needs to happen. I'm disappointed what happened in New Orleans because I'm a true fan, and I knew that it was only a mirage. How do you have a bad snap exchange? How is a quarterback? I've been watching the All-22, Phil, Declan, and Judd. You watch the All-22. It's my first time actually being able to watch it this year. And I tell you, you want to sip a bunch of your whatever you call them, white claws? I don't even know what they uh, are. Corona hard seltzer. Well, corona hard, corona seltzer. hard seltzer this year. I'm You're sorry. Big, big fan. Big but fan. I'll be going out like and buying some corona hard seltzers because I can't take this anymore. I mean, yeah, I, I just, you know. But yeah. Dave, 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 it, this is, this is, you, you put it perfectly. This is what needs to happen. Look, you're right. Jefferson had a great game. There are small things here, and, and they are going to, it, the Vikings are not built to win 42 38, but that's right now what this team is going to have to do. And I believe it's probably not capable. But, but that's why I think on a game by game basis in 2020, what you need to look for are the positives because the negatives right. are going to play themselves out. This is all about getting your young players experience and before you go draft a, a tackle though dave i'm going to suggest this take a good hard look at the guards okay yeah. drew samia drew uh, early in today's game i have never seen this he sacked his quarterback he yeah, literally what, grabbed what, him and dragged that? him down and but, but, but look this is all this is all about i really truly believe this player development and, and so let's not concern ourselves w- with guys who disappoint us that we're not surprised let's concern ourselves with the actual development of the young corners of jefferson of the kids because going into 2021 the way to rebound quickly is good drafts and production um valuable experience from those kids in 2020 let me say one more thing and that is why jeff gladney should have played in week one i completely agree with you I think we're all on the same page, and I think that I'm okay with that. I mean, I even think that there's some things in the defensive line that I'm starting to see collectively. I mean, I know it's a lot to ask, but there's some development going on. But you're right. Uh, the first time that happens, you take Simeon out. Why is Ole Udo on the practice – I mean, on the uh, taxi squad and not getting reps? Put guys in there. Give them a chance to play. 
put the number what's the guy that's drafted the second round, put him in the game, right? I mean, what can happen? And you're right because Mike doesn't want to do it. I'm hoping that there's some kind of philosophy change. He gets insubordinate. It's never going to happen. I think he's great, but this defense will not be good enough again for two to three years, guys. And offensively, I think Gary Kubiak has lost his mind. I, I just I know he's respected. He's a Super Bowl guy. I love the guy. I'm a football guy, but I just can't understand the play calls that are happening on first and second down. That is the issue with this team right now is first and second down. And I, 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 I'm not going to defend Kirk anymore, uh, Phil. Uh, I'm like you. I've had it. I've seen it. I've seen $35 million a year. It, it's not going to happen with this guy. And I, yeah. Judd, you're exactly right. But I'm a Vikings fan just like you guys. I get excited. I want him to do well. And even I know that I'm going to go into the game feeling the way I'm feeling. And I come out feeling like I've been run over like a train, a freight train, <laughs> as always. Well, Dave, we're Great here. Job, we're here for you. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to Dave in South Carolina. He brings great takes every time. And uh, we are your Vikings therapy center here on Vikings Ventline. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. We are welcoming. We're not just taking your calls anymore. All right. We, we, we were taking your calls for eight years. We're going the next level. We're actually bringing you into the show, into the video here, live on Score North Twitter, Score North Facebook, and also on uh, Purple Daily YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And I can tell you right now, as we sit here, boys, this is the most people we have ever seen inside of an episode of Vikings Ventline at one time. And so if you're new, I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. You can follow all of us on Twitter, and you can find our daily Vikings show in podcast form, Purple Daily, or in YouTube form, Purple Daily. Um, Dex, let's get to the next one here. Looks like we've got Chansey again. Chansey, you promised us 16 different locations That's throughout right. the course of the year. So location, week three, outside, working on the lawnmower, doing some fall service work here. We're greasing, we're airing up the tires. So what I uh, was going to say is this was a good game for the Vikings because the standard for Minnesota should be, right? If you're going to leave the game, you're going to get mad. You're going to get ticked off and head outside. You're going to either service the lawnmower, get the snowblower going, go deer hunt, whatever it is. I'm shocked I made it to 3 o'clock today watching the game. I just out here now to start working on this mower, and I thought I'd be out here at 2 o'clock. I'd be dang near done. So what I want to see is entertaining football. And that was an entertaining game. Lots of big plays, lots of turnovers. I want to see him lose very close. And preferably, it's fun to see him lose in a traditional Vikings fashion, where you can see the clocks running just to the right amount of time, four minutes, two minutes, the field goal's coming, and the end's coming. So, And then you got the bonus that uh, Jefferson played well. So, But I got the air compressor, like I said, out here. So, Vikings fans, I hope that pumped you up, or we can say Vikings really blow. <laughs> thanks Brett Favre right. nice Chance, thanks Chancey Chance usually in Fargo and you guys to Chancey's point Chancey I think nailed it for most Vikings fans if you think about it now that the ship has kind of sailed like they're 0-3 they've got so many injuries and flaws I saw I saw one of the commenters mention well Daniil Hunter's coming back next week we don't know that he's eligible to come back next week we don't know that I wouldn't come back in my world no there's no reason to bring him back at this point but like isn't the perfect combination now that this is the reality they are 0-3 they are they are ravaged they are young to have a game in which Justin Jefferson shows you he's a star receiver for the next 10 years in the NFL like I am full-on confident saying that after watching that mm-hmm. guy today and you lose 
thus furthering your potential to get one of the best young quarterbacks that we've seen in the last five or 10 drafts with Justin Fields and with Trevor Lawrence, like it's actually kind of a perfect scenario. If you, if you wrap your head around the long play here. Absolutely. And and to Chancey's point, we want fun games, right? Like entertain us, um, develop guys. And that's what today did. And, and the one thing that this is also going to do that I think is very important when it comes to the young players is we're going to pretty soon start to separate guys that can flat out play and can't. Like, I think Holton Hill might be a lost cause. Like Holton Hill is getting burned right and left. Um, he's not making plays that, that I, I think in his third year in the league he should make. Uh, Jeff Gladney is playing a ton, which is good. So I do think the most important thing here, again, is to as quickly as possible basically make decisions and get experience for guys that are going to contribute for you long term. And if they're not, that's fine too, but find out now. So I I really looked at, at today's game and said, it's a fun game. Jefferson has a big game. It's entertaining. Kirk Cousins didn't surprise me one bit, which is not a surprise. Um, and so, yeah, the Colts game and the Packers game to me were embarrassing. Today's not embarrassing. Today is a byproduct of basically what you have set yourself up to do in 2020. Now, do the Vikings know that? I don't think that they did, but I really don't care. It's going to get them valuable experience. And as far as the clock goes, Zimmer, for the most part, is never going to improve there. I, I think that Zim's management of the clock and Cousins play at quarterback when times get tough are probably about the same. And so we, we can gnash our teeth all we want about both those things, gents, but I don't think either one of those things long-term is going to change much. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we get into a few more guests here, Judd, the crowd noise at the stadium, they allowed there to be more noise and ambience at the stadium. Did it matter at all? Um, they could play the music and have the announcements as loud as they wanted, which they sort of did a little bit. But the crowd noise that they had itself, I, I think, went from 70 decibels in week one to 80 in week three. So it was a little bit bit more. They did allow, I think it was 250 fans into a corner of the end zone, which was like friends and family of the staff here to try and get an idea of when people come back in to the stadium, how they're going to uh, socially distance and things like that. But as far as impact on the game, I would say it was. Zero. And by the way, the Titans, too, they're not that good. They're just not. No, that they, good. they were disorganized. They were, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't score in the red zone for the first three quarters. So Tannehill, Tannehill came on late, but there, there was a good portion of this game where Tannehill looked to me a lot like the guy who used to play for the Dolphins. Yeah. I honestly like the Titans are, they're, they're like a nine and seven, 10 and six tough beat team that makes mistakes. I mean, they're not, mm-hmm. they don't have, they don't have a ton of superstars. Let's go to Sports Bro and Nick here on Vikings Vent Line. Uh, sports bro, Nick, you are on Vikings vent line, 60 seconds. Keep it clean. Fire away. What's up guys. Yeah. Um, I think I echo all Vikings fans of saying that's a loss I can get behind. I'll just touch on what Judd said right away. Holton Hill had a chance to seal the game. He had an interception in his hands. He dropped it. We can also count for Mike Zimmer and his clock management. You saw that you also saw Throwing, losing his challenges. He had no challenges left with 9.30 left in the third quarter. So as a Vikings fan, we're going to see themselves shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. And they have the ability to lose these games outright. And you saw Yannick do his coveted uh, strip sack. He got that. But now you look at it and say, we're going to give up a high second round pick for this dude. Because we're going to be picking top five. And he has all the leverage in the world because you're going to have to pay him. You gave up a second-round pick for him. So it's just I'm happy they lost. 
Um, but it is nice to see Justin Jefferson, who I thought was the best wide receiver in the draft, step up, um, has some moves. The, the, the two Alabama receivers benefited greatly off each other, and it was just a no-brainer that this guy was stud. I can't believe he fell to us. So yeah. at yeah, this he, point, yeah. you're looking for one of the top three. Yeah. Awesome, man. Hey, we're going to say we're going to uh, have some no, little audio problems, but sports, sports yeah, fun. great stuff. Good to see we'll you, uh, get you back on again sometime here. Let's actually keep rolling here. For sure. Man. Uh, Judd's live at the stadium. Dex and I are Dex is drinking Corona hard seltzers until he flushes the negativity out of his system. Let's we'll go to see. Mike from Michigan. Mike from Michigan, 60 seconds or so. Uh, keep it clean. Don't get us fired. And what do you what are your thoughts on today's loss? Thanks for having me, guys. Um, did anybody think? When I was looking at the clock, it was like six minutes left. And anybody but myself think, oh, we're going to lose because they're going to make a field goal at the end of the game? Yeah, I, I was, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, okay, we're going to lose by, but they're going to kick a field goal. This guy's missed five, and he didn't miss one against us. It's crazy. But, hey, quick, um, by the way, hold on, not to interrupt. So Matthew Collar, our old friend who used to be on Purple Daily, he did a study. He talked to like a mathematician a while back for his new website. Uh, Purple Insider and a mathematician confirmed that field goal kickers make a higher percentage of kicks against the Vikings than against any other team. <laughs> Just in case anyone's wondering. But no, man, seriously. Um, I love Spielman, the way the way he picks players, man. But how do you ignore the guard position for so long is beyond me. Like they are just bad in the middle of the of the offensive line. It's terrible, man. I don't know how Dalvin Cook got as many yards as he did today, but Kudos to him, but um, Zimmer and that defense, I understand we have injuries, man, but I, my God, man, blitz a little bit more. Like, when you blitz, we got there. I don't understand why he didn't do it more, but um, 0-3, I'm not going to stand for a, a tanking for, t- for everything. I'm not watching 16 games of that. I, I will not. Um, but 6-10? Uh, and 10? <laughs> that's what it's looking like, man. <laughs> See, I would, I would, I would personally rather watch like two and fourteen, and just like root for games like this, where all right, it's hey, if, you know, some certain things looked great, and Justin Jefferson had a break. Next week, the perfect formula next week is if Jeff Gladney has like a pick six, and just the light bulb goes off, and the Vikings still lose twenty seven twenty eight on a last minute field goal, like or, what, like or whatever, you know. Hey, but hey, but guys, guys, if I told you that, that for the most of this year, the, the Vikings were going to replicate today's game. And so it's going to be defeats, but it's going to be fun. You know what? To me, that's fine. Like, just don't give me that Packers game because that game was just I, I, I to watch, and I don't want to watch that. But if you said if you said that the, the Vikings formula for a lack of success for the rest of 2020 is going to basically be this game, I'd say, I'll watch it. And to me, it's not tanking. It, again, is allowing football nature to take its course. Tank because tanking would be if they were playing all old guys and there was no one on the roster at at all. And I do think that there are guys on this roster that are ultimately probably going to be part of something successful down the road. Um, So I don't see this as a tank. I see this as the natural progression of where this team is at. And so if you can get the guys who need the experience, the experience that's going to pay off in 21 and 22. I'll watch today. That's fine with me. Judd, I think okay. you're, I, th- I think the phrase you're looking for, it's football natural selection. Just let okay. nature run its course and see yeah. what happens. That just happens. I, 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 totally yeah. enjoyed t- I totally enjoyed today's game. I thought that Justin Jefferson would save us somehow in the second half, but when you're not on the field, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man, but uh, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. 
Mike, Appreciate great it, stuff, dude. Thanks, All right, Mike. we'll say goodbye to Mike, and let's keep rolling here. We have a full green room on Vikings vent line. We got a Chanix seventy three is in has entered the chat. What's up, right. Chanix? Yeah. Oh, hey, thank you for having me, you guys. Just joined you guys um, recently. I just caught oh. up with a couple of your podcasts. I've been completely agreeing with you, and a lot of frustration. Definitely a lot of frustration. So, okay. So are you, what, what's, what's your feeling on now that they're Owen three, are you rooting for them to turn the season around and sneak into a wild card spot? Or are you on the, as I'm reading through all the comments, which by the way, we can pop your comments on the screen. People uh, I'm seeing a lot of tank for Trevor's again this week. So I, I, I completely agree with the, let the natural selection happen. I completely <laughs> agree because, because first of all, I was I was like, okay, prove me wrong, cousin. Prove me wrong. In that last couple of minutes, prove me wrong. Throw a touchdown. Do something. Do something, but not that thing. Like getting stacked and then him just like, Ugh! I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, yep. like here, here's the other thing too. Like I get that if we – if we, and I, I would like to go back and watch that drive again because the, there was a bad snap and the offensive line was kind of a mess. But, but ultimately – he only has two fourth quarter comebacks in his career as a Vikings quarterback. He only, I want to say he only has like a handful in his entire career. And, and I, I just don't buy that. All right. You got, you, all you have to do is move the ball like 50 yards into field goal range. You've got two bona fide stud wide receivers. Now you got Dalvin cook. Uh, things might not be perfect, but let's just, let's just take a deep breath and see what happens. Like I don't buy that. The result has to be fourth and 26 hail Mary. Like why, right. why right. is it such a chaotic disaster why aren't they? And, they, and the only way they moved the ball was from a 15 yard terrible call, by the way, like if we're right. being objective. Right. So it's like, what do you like? Why is it so chaotic at the end of that game? Make something happen. And, and Tennessee wasn't, as you said, isn't a really good team. It, they just won by a couple of points each time for the last. Oh, I think we, I think, I think we lost Chanix there. I think we have an internet problem, but that's okay. Uh, Chanix was, or 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 Chanix just like freezed, like his his takes just frozen time yeah. there. Love um, it. But Chanix, we appreciate thing, it, gr- hey, bringing Phil. great energy. I'm going to say goodbye to him though. Hey Phil, the, the one thing that I would say is I, I think there's far more justification for being uh, frustrated with the offense's woes at times. Like defensively, look, they're just not good. Like they they can't stop the run of the gut well. Um, the cornerbacks are young. The bar is out, so they're they're down to um they're down to a, a backup linebacker basically starting. So defensively, I don't think the the frustrations are all that justified because they're not going to be that good. Offensively, I do think there are a lot of times where you can say, still, what was that or why? And and look, this seemed very if this offense was playing uh, competent football for four quarters, this team could probably win, I would say, six to seven games by simply outscoring teams. The issue is they aren't often enough playing complete competent games offensively. Now, the flip side, though, is do, do we want to get to January and look back at a game like today's game against the Titans and say to ourselves, that was a really bad win. So, like, I think you have to balance this and say, Oh, and three beats one and two if you just think that the team stinks. Um, but all of that being said, if you're a Vikings fan and you're mad, I, f- I far more get why you're upset at the offense's shortcomings and issues because those are, to me, at times at least, far more inexplicable than what's going on defensively. Yep. Uh, Judd Zolgad is at the stadium. You can also find his written work at scorenorth.com covering the Vikings, S-K-O-R-North.com. All right, uh, William. Let's go to William next year. 
on Vikings Line. William rocking the rocking the Vikings playoff beard, just like me. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long yeah. one. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be long by next year. But uh, down here in Dallas, Fort Worth, been a Viking fan my whole life, uh, fifty years. But look, I'm not as upset today as I was the previous two weeks. The offense scored thirty. They put up 464 yards, 238 passing, 226 rushing. I know it's hard. I think we're mad because we didn't think we'd go 0-3. When I look at the next few weeks, I don't want to be in January looking back at this was a bad win and end up picking fifth instead of picking second or first and getting the quarterback of the future. But I don't. I hope maybe, Judd, you can ask the Vikings this week. I don't understand Samia guard. Two weeks in a row now he's been blown up. I don't understand why they didn't make a change at halftime. I, I, I'd love to have that question with Kubiak about what they're doing with that. But honestly, they scored 30. The defense, I mean, all those field goals, the young corners, Gladney's getting better. The other two guys are used and um, Gansler were out. You know, honestly, I, I'm okay with losing today, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. you know real quick here. Uh, just pull up the yardage. It's crazy because if you just if you just look at the yardage, you'd say, man, the defense gave up 440 points. They allowed six yards per play, and those are not good numbers. And so st- statistically, um, and they allowed the Titans to score on almost every possession. Like statistically, this was not a great performance. But I can the eye test tells me, and the way that they got after Ryan Tannehill for a large portion of this game, that this was probably the best defensive performance they've put up this year. And you saw enough little flashes to make you feel like, okay, like Yannick Ngakwe was dominant today, and Gladney did break up a couple of passes, even though he got torched a couple times too. So there's a couple couple little things in there to make you feel better defensively. One question for you guys, and I'll go, but if this was preseason number three, and we had lost 31-30 and had bad showings the first two weeks, how would you feel going into the season? Judd? I'd feel um, I'd feel like there, there was probably more hope than there has been, if that makes sense, because it's – look, the, the thing, too, is if this was preseason three, I do think that your corners would, would have had slightly more time to develop and not be as bad as they probably were in weeks one and two. So I, I definitely think that there's several players on this roster um, who probably definitely did get hit by not having an exhibition game or two. Uh, but that being said, the Vikings made a lot of assumptions and because yeah. I'm sure that there is no way internally they're saying we're all in three. It's great. High draft pick. Right. But they, mm-hmm. but they made a lot of assumptions and a lot of those assumptions, I really believe by the, the fan base and us were first guest. Don't you want to go sign an older cornerback? Shouldn't you do this? Shouldn't you mm-hmm. do, do that? Shouldn't your guards be improved? And they didn't. So, so I really do believe that in the end, these three games are largely of their own doing not planned out just because I think there was a hubris about their ability to develop players. Thank you guys. Appreciate Great it. Well, thank you, William. Thanks for coming in uh, real quick. Uh, I'm just seeing some of the quotes that are coming out here from Mike Zimmer. Uh, Johnny K from the athletics says Zimmer with some interesting remarks post game, Judd, essentially saying that the offense has all the veterans back now. And so they need them to come through in big spots. He called the last possession quote, a complete disaster. Um, okay. I got a question for you boys here. And I, I think it's now time, despite the fact they scored points today, I think it's time to discuss this. Is Gary Kubiak going to be the offensive coordinator for the entire 2020 season for this team? This is Norv Turner dismissed and or quit in season. Filippo didn't survive 
a season. And this thing, and and look, Mike, when things don't go well offensively, Mike is not one to stand up and be like, this is my fault, gentlemen. Mike is one to ask questions. And so I think it's a very big question now in three games at 0-3 to ask, is Gary Kubiak in a month or two months going to be the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings? I would answer your question this way. If, if, if Mike Zimmer feels the need to dismiss Gary Kubiak, which would mean that in seven years, he has now dismissed, dismissed, not like guy leaving, like Kevin Stefanski. He will have dismissed three out of his what? Four or Shermer, five offensive coordinators. Shermer quit to take the Giants job. Stefanski quit to take the Browns job. And then I think it would just be even more confirmation that Mike, buddy, like you're a defensive coordinator with great leadership skills. He's a defensive court. He's like a, you know, we talk about baseball players sometimes. If you're, if you're really good in AAA, but you can't hack it in the big leagues, then you are a quad A player. Um, if Mike Zimmer has had that much trouble identifying an offensive coordinator and just being able to even like, first of all, you're the head coach. And so if your offensive coordinator isn't doing the things that you want or your offense isn't doing the things you want, that's also on you. And sometimes I get the sense when I read this quote, you know, hey, we get all the veterans back. This was a disaster. It's, it's like and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it, it almost feels like when he's when he talks that way, he's like distancing himself from the problem. Uh, well, I mean, hey, you guys over there, you got to get your house in order. It's like, dude, you are the head coach. I don't yeah. care that defense is your specialty. Mike Tomlin's specialty was defense. And guess what? He's been a head coach for almost 15 years now. And people put the offensive struggles on him in Pittsburgh because he's the head coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I also think that this stems back to um, when Cousins started here in 2018, there's almost been like an agreement that Mike isn't going to go after Kirk as much as Mike could. Like, go back to Case's year, right? Mike, after wins, would get up to that podium and talk about, you know, Case has a horseshoe up his blank. And he would go on and on. And you'd be like, Mike, God, Mike, you, you won this game. And it's almost like Case's uh, play disgusted you. It's been a very, very rare occurrence here since Kirk began uh, became the starting quarterback in 2018, Phil, that I recall Mike going after Kirk much. And it's and now it defaults to, you know, Kubiak or our offense. Um, I would say this, when, when your quarterback is, is making as much as the Vikings QB is, I think it'd be very fair to parcel out your your, your criticism, veiled or not, to include Kirk Cousins. Because yes. he can't, he can't be given a complete pass. I will go back to that. He can't be given a well. Hey, it's Kubiak's fault. No, yeah. this is your veteran QB who is going to eat up a huge part of your salary cap. You got to at least insinuate that he is responsible for some of this. And here's the other thing too. Like this is what bothers me about the Kirk Cousins narrative. Sometimes it's like I know that people are going to watch that final drive and be like, "Well, Bradbury screwed up a snap, and the offensive line didn't give him enough time to throw." If you really go back and watch, you're going to see a couple of things. Number one, Kirk Cousins played patty cake on those first two, where, where he was getting pressured the first two times. Like you have permission to step up and just throw a dart. Like, you don't have to sit there and wait for perfect conditions. Just throw a dart. Just, like, make your offensive line better by getting rid of the ball in that spot. And the second thing I would point to is, in situations like that, how many times have you watched Kirk Cousins panic and get flustered and the offensive line breaks down? He doesn't bring a calming, I got this presence in those situations. And, and and it just goes back to the same discussion we've had the first two weeks, which is he's not the guy that's going to elevate his teammates. He's not the guy that's going to get in there and say, pat everyone on the helmet and say, hey, let's take a deep breath here. OK, things might not be perfect, but uh, 
I'm going to, I'm going to bring a calming effect and I'm going to make a couple plays for you. It's like he, he only adds gasoline to a fire. He doesn't bring water. He brings gasoline. And, and that's my biggest issue with him. And it played out in the last drive today. When that drive began, both of you guys, how much confidence did you have that that was going to be? Cause if that's, if that's far, you're thinking to yourself, you're in great shape. Funny you yeah. bring that up because today is the 11th anniversary of the Favre to Lewis but, touchdown in the back of the end zone. But if Favre gets the ball there, you are thinking to yourself as a Vikings fan, okay, let's go. So when that drive started, how much confidence did either one of you have that, you know what? I think they're going to get points here. I think they're going to go down the field and get points. Yeah, uh, not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. No. Let's go to Paul here. Let's get somebody else in here. Uh, it's Vikings Vent Line powered by Corona Hard Seltzer. It's Phil Mackey, Judd Zolged, Declan Goff, and we have Paul. Paul, go ahead. You got about 60 seconds. Uh, keep it clean for us. What were your thoughts today? Hey, hi, guys. Uh, love your content. Love your show and your podcast. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I think we all realize that when the chips are down, you can't rely on Kirk Cousins to uplift the team. You know, so as far as getting a Super Bowl, if that's the goal, I think he's the wrong guy to get you there. He can win some games, but, you know, that New Orleans playoff win was, you know, a one out of 10 occurrence, in my opinion. Um, I think the other thing that they just failed to address you know, over the last few years is the offensive and defensive lines. You know, it all starts there. If you can't stop the run and you can't pressure the opposing quarterback, uh, I think your chances of uh, winning a championship are pretty low. You know, so I, I think this will be a development year. You know, I, I love having uh, football during the pandemic, but, you know, I think we've developed young players, and, but we got to make some fundamental changes for the future. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. Paul, appreciate thanks for Paul. coming into the show. We really appreciate it. Let's go to our next person here. I believe got, uh, uh, David. Yep, David. Yeah. David in the house. David, 60 seconds. Fire away, man. Hey, you know what, man? I've been a Viking fan for a long time, and quarterback has always been our Achilles, man. It's just quarterback, 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 quarterback. I'm really upset that the Vikings a couple of years ago didn't draft any young quarterbacks to develop under Cousins because now it's kind of like we're stuck with Cousins with this high, you know, pay, and he's not giving us, you know, Aaron Rodgers numbers or Aaron Rodgers games or, you know, stuff like that. He's like one of the highest paid quarterbacks, but he's not playing like it. And it's like, so where's the next guy going to be? And as a Viking fan, you know, it's like, how many times have we had a have we drafted a guy to play quarterback and that guy plays great for us? It's like you guys said last week, that's that person probably was Dante Culpepper. It was supposed to be Teddy Bridgewater, but he blew his knee up. And it's just like, I love Mike Zimmer. I, I mean, I don't want the guy to get fired, but if this is going to be a developmental year, this defense has to show get better. Like you don't have Xavier Rhodes anymore. You mean you don't you don't have Anthony Barr anymore. You have to develop this team. I'm not I'm not comfortable with, with going on 16. I'm not comfortable with with uh tanking for Trevor because it should never come it should never come to that. You have to draft a, a QB. You shouldn't have drafted a QB two years ago. And that guy shouldn't have been in, been there just sitting there waiting just for something to happen just like this. You know I just I just don't really understand it. Like Kirk Cousins with the you know I had no confidence in that last drive because he's, he's never done it before, you know? And I'm just like, all right, we lost. I'm sitting here with my wife. I'm like, game's over. She's like, oh, two minutes left. I'm like, nah, no. <laughs> look what happened. You know? <laughs> yeah. Look what happens. And this is like Jefferson. He's going to be a stud. You know, we know what we got and cook and like, where's Irv Smith at? Like where's Irv Smith? Why isn't the offensive coordinator, you know, getting plays for Irv Smith? I don't, I don't understand. He can't block that well, but he can catch the ball pretty good. Hey, so, did you see? Uh, did you see how many targets Irv Smith had today? 
what not like two or not zero, right? Like why do we have all these weapons? Why do we have all these weapons and the ball isn't, you know, are not using them? Like Kirk Cousins has to learn how to spread the ball around. You know, like spread the ball around, develop these guys. I do understand that preseason plays a part, but the Vikings really, really shouldn't have drafted a QB two years ago in the draft. Yeah. David, great stuff, dude. Appreciate you coming into Vikings Vent Line and slinging your takes. And um, let's just keep going here, man. Let's, yeah. let's, let the, let's let the people speak. Let's go to our friend Ben next. Ben in Florida, you're on the show. Ben. Fire away, man. Vikings got beat, but some some Justin Jefferson going off makes it a little bit easier to to stomach, maybe. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge uh, Justin Jefferson fan. I was excited that he fell to where we were in the draft. But my question to you guys is this: um, Let's say the Vikings pull this. I'm I'm all for the I'm all for them letting the season take its course. I would say that, and they get the number one pick in the draft. Although that might be a challenge because Atlanta just lost to Chicago in excruciating fashion. So I don't think we're going to be as bad as Atlanta. Although good news, the Philadelphia Eagles tied the Bengals. So they are now 0-2-1. So the Vikings have moved oh, yeah, well, ahead of the Eagles in the tankathon. Yeah, um, that's good. Um, my question to you is, after hearing those quotes from Zimmer at the press conference today, let's say the Vikings get the, get the number one pick and they say, you know what, we're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. We're going to send Cousins on his way. We're going to eat $40 million and just be done with it. Do you really trust Zimmer with a rookie quarterback? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. After hearing those quotes in that press conference, I wouldn't. Not at all. Not a chance. Especially a quarterback that has a chance to be possibly great. So, hey, Ben. Hey, yeah. don't, don't you think that if Mike were to uh, balk and- – and are not completely be on board with the Lawrence pick. I think that's where you would, if you're the Wilfs, have to look long and hard at Mike. Like I don't think that you can that if you get the opportunity to get that guy, you can't afford to screw that up from day one. And so I don't think Mike is going to get fired. But I do think that if Mike says I don't know about this, and if if you're the Wilfs and Spielman, who I don't think is going to be fired, I think that's the one place where you would probably say like Mike will pay you to go away because this ain't going to work. Yeah, and I think it's because if they if they end up with the number one pick, that decision is going to be made before the offseason even starts. Yeah. Personally. So for me, you know, they're going to I it's simple. You draw Mike in and say, Mike, we like you and we think you're good and we want you to stay, but we're drafting a quarterback with this first pick. End of discussion. And if you don't like it, then you know We'll 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 pay you your contract and you go coach somewhere else. You can't coach here if that's if that's the mentality that you're going to think, especially yeah, I mean, with, with 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 the way Kirk Cousins is playing. I mean, to answer your question, like I'll frame it just a slightly different way. If if this season continues to stay off the rails and the Vikings do draft a quarterback early in the first round, which would be the prudent and and great thing to do. I don't think Mike Zimmer gives you nearly the best opportunity to fully develop that quarterback. Plus he's, he's in his mid sixties. Like if, if we're looking at a three to five year window for that quarterback to be watered and to grow and to be nurtured and all the things that you would look to put in. Um, I'm, you know, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm Andy Reed's old, like Bill Belichick's old. Like I'm not saying, I just think Mike Zimmer is so set in his ways as a defensive guy. And he just wants the offense to be handled that I don't know that he would. I don't know that he'd be able to just pivot and all of a sudden say, all right, I'm, uh, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to be a quarterback guru. So it's a yeah. tough crossroads, man. Mm-hmm. 
Ben, thanks for hanging out with us, dude. We appreciate it. We'll get you on Vikings Mountain again sometime here. And uh, as we roll on, just to reset quick here, uh, we appreciate everyone hanging out with us on Score North Twitter and Facebook and YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily Vikings content, Purple Daily, and also uh, in podcast form, Purple Daily on Apple, Spotify, and ScoreNorth.com. ScoreNorth.com is where you can find Judd's written work about the Vikings and also about the Twins as they look to go into uh, another playoff stretch here. So all kinds of things happening here. And uh, Justin Jefferson is the big story on the positive side today for the Vikings. On the negative side, they are on three. Or if you look at it as they should be looking to lose games now that they negative way, it's a positive. We're trying to Thank spin you. this in the uh, in the long view way. Let's go to Jonathan next on Vikings vent line. Jonathan, you got about 60 seconds to cut open whatever vein you are going to uh, cut open. I'm so get us fired. angry. It's only, uh, the only word I, I have to describe my uh, my overall emotions right now. Um, you know, what really irks me about Kirk Cousins is just, uh, Judd, you said it perfectly. You called him a corporate quarterback. It's just the, the, uh, the talking points that he has. I don't even want to hear what he has to say. Uh, you know, at the podium, this is just nonsense. I mean, the bottom line is like this guy just had like has no like self awareness whatsoever. And you, I knew he would. I actually DM'd you, Judd, today, like when they got the ball back. Like, there's no way he's gonna he's gonna come through for them uh, on this last drive. It's just, it's just so obvious. Like he just completely like how he like shrivels up in the pocket if there's a little bit of pressure. I'm actually from New Jersey. I'm watching the beginning of the Jets game. I don't know if you guys saw the Sam Darnold play where he like, escapes from the pocket. He rolls out. And he throws his touchdown. I was, like. Kirk Cousins can never make that play. But what, what bothers me also, remember last year after week one, where he threw 10 passes and he makes that snide comment where he goes, uh, you know, we're going to have to win games maybe this year, like 52 to 51. And I'm like, so, you know, he, he can't win that game. That's the joke about Kirk Cousins. And I, I said this last year also with his, with, with his whole contract situation, he has no pocket uh, presence or pocket awareness. And I don't mean when he's in the pocket, I mean like, he like he takes up thirty three million or whatever it is of that salary cap, and then he has the excuse of like you know you know he'll have like these comments like you know the offensive line's not good enough or there's no one to throw to. It's like, dude, that's your fault. Like if you took a little bit less and know who you are as a person, I get it. it's America. Like you you, know, you want to go for the, the biggest. But that guy's made so much money and just know your limitations. But like, you need as much help as possible. But and it just angers me that we're stuck with this guy for. Two more years. I mean, it's just disgusting. I'm, I, I don't know. That's that. Thank you guys for uh, Jonathan. That was awesome, man. That was, that, was, that was a great therapy session. We appreciate you coming on. That was perfect. Like that right there. I mean, everyone's oh, everyone's been great on the show hey, hey, today, but that was great. Don't forget too that that first pass that he threw of the second half, which got picked and returned for a touchdown, and was erased by an illegal block thrown on uh, Jefferson. That was on Kirk completely too, and that was a pick six. So, okay, my question on that play is, so that was that was a miscommunication of some kind, because, like, I refuse to believe that Kirk just, like, overthrew by 12 yards. He was like, under some pressure, too, though, and I think he panicked and threw very poorly. Okay. And so I think in, but in situations like that, it's like the it's like the first reaction is, oh, there must have been a miscommunication, and, like, oh, the receiver must have run the wrong route, or, like, oh, the offensive line didn't give enough time. It's like everything's always got to be about, well, no, like, 
You got to you, you got to make sure that he doesn't you just right. make sure everything's perfect. It's like I don't know. I'm sick of that. I'm I'm sick of making sure everything's perfect. Things aren't going to be perfect. Go watch any game in the NFL, and for God's sakes, the Chicago freaking Bears. And and I don't know how Dan Quinn survives this one tomorrow. Another twenty point blown lead for the Falcons Are you today. Yes. Twenty point. Another again. one. Yes. I, I fired him last year, dude. The Why Bears? didn't Arthur Blank listen to me? I fired him, dude. Judd. So I know you've been. So Judd's at the game today. Judd's oh. at US Bank Stadium. So a couple things in this Bears game. The Bears are now three and zero. The Bears scored 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat the Falcons 30 to 26. And guess who led the comeback? Nick Foles, not, not for injury reasons. What happened? The, Bear, bench? the Bears benched Mitch Trubisky in the second half, and Nick oh, Foles led them three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Oh, my quarter. mind is blowing up. <laughs> oh, my head's going to pop off my shoulders. They're going to have to clean up the mess. Oh, my and- God. And we had a tie too. the Bengals and Eagles tied. And apparently, I believe the Eagles, I don't know if I had this flip, but the Eagles decided to punt the ball with two seconds left in overtime instead of taking a shot. They literally punted the ball. Punt to tie, baby. Punt to tie. Punt to tie. What is going on in this league? Man. Um, okay, just real quick here, uh, because we gotta we gotta let Judd get to, to, to some other work here in the press box. We'll keep popping your comments on the screen here too oh, as we as we on the show. Up, but, great. I'm having a great time. But what are you um now that now that the season is where it is, it's 0-3. The Vikings looked a lot better losing today than they did in the first two weeks. What is your number one takeaway and your number one thing that you're thinking about going into the the next well, for sure the Houston game, but the next stretch of games? Um, I, I guess it, it's this at zero and two, they had looked terrible. Right. But I thought to myself, if I thought they would win today and I thought at one at one and two, the tone from the locker room is going to be, you guys didn't believe we believed we never give up. And you know what? That's when you go one and two and now you're back to two and two. Um, but I did think that if they lost today, which of course they did, this is where I think the wheels completely come off. And guys start to be like, I don't know. And, and I mean, they do have to think long and hard about Hunter and, w- and when he comes back, right? Like, it's not a given to me. He comes back for a while, if at all, in 2020. And, and I know that sounds drastic, but it's a neck problem. So why rush him back at all? Um, and, and so now I think we are to the point of where this really does officially to me feel like 2011, w- which was 3-13. and 13. I still expect this team is going to win five or six games, okay? But doesn't this feel to you now like we're officially going down the track of they could win three games? Going into today, I was like, yeah, they could, but I don't think it's going to be the case. So I've officially turned the corner. But again, and fans can fight this all they want, gents. Again, I honestly think that this is a win that if the Vikings had gotten it, we would have looked at in December and been like, that's Washington Christmas Eve 2011. In other words, it's an unnecessary bad win. And so I really think as far as the track of things go for a draft pick and as far as where this team is at and getting guys experience and the fact that we did see some good things today, um, this is as positive result as you can possibly get. But I really do think it probably now unleashes the free fall officially. Yeah. So a couple of people actually I'm going to pop this comment here. Mandela effect comedy on the screen here says, though, don't worry, we're going to win six of the last eight games. And if you start to look at the schedule on the stretch, it's a lot of Carolina. It's a lot of Jacksonville. It's a lot of Detroit and Detroit again. And there's some games in there that those teams might also have a similar agenda to you, which is to get the best draft pick possible. And the Vikings, I will say this about the Vikings. They are not a very experienced tanking franchise, Judd Zolgat. When it comes to tanking experience, 
The Lions have tanking experience. The Jaguars have tanking experience. It's not really in the Vikings DNA to just like completely give up on a season and start thinking about the draft. We just haven't seen a lot of that in franchise history. Um, but, but don't you yeah. think, but, but don't you think, so, so I don't think the teams can tank in games like one through nine unless they just absolutely stink. Um, I do think that you have some veterans on this team who will mentally be uh, golfing in November, December. And that's the key thing because I want the kids to still work hard and try like, that's great. Um, but if you've got some vets who are like, you know what? I got uh, tea time at Pebble beach on January 3rd. I'm like, okay, that's great. Then check out now. So I don't think it becomes tanking at that point. I think it becomes golfing. And instead yeah. of being concerned about studying your playbook or trying to pressure the opposing quarterback, you think to yourself, Hmm, driver or not here. That's what I want. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to uh, Eric here. Eric is our next guest, our next Vikings fan friend on Vikings Ventline. Eric, you got about a minute. Uh, just don't get us fired, man. Go ahead. Sure thing. Yeah. First, I know it's going to be a little sore, but I got to throw some love to Imani Hooker, a Park Center grad, fellow Park Center alum. So good to see him up in the NFL. Uh, my question, trying to think about something we haven't talked about yet, is about how we are able to develop our players. I think it's kind of hard for just sort of a normal fan to know from a coaching staff standpoint, if we have people who are able to, to find talent, identify talent, and then develop that talent. Because we see a lot about the guys we have up on the offensive line right now that we're questioning why they're even there, but we chose them in order to develop them. We're talking about the uh, defensive backfield right now, same thing. So I think that's my question right now is, Looking at positions other than quarterback who we're going to end up drafting next year, who are we going to be able to identify? And then do we have the right people in place to help those players identify or uh, develop in the future? I mean, these are these are some great philosophical questions, Eric, that are going to be flushed out over the course of the season. And when it comes to offensive line, so we have, the, the main criticism I think people have of Rick Spielman and Judd's main criticism has been he hasn't been able to find the quarterback. Well, if you start to look at the offensive line, too, Brian O'Neill was a hit. So I will give him that. He hit on Brian yeah. O'Neill. But Matt Khalil was a whiff. Some of that was injury. Pat Elfline was a whiff. Um, Garrett Bradbury, the jury is still out, but he's certainly off to a difficult start, I would say. So they just haven't been able to even find, like, top blue-chip talent along the offensive line or develop guys into all pros. So I think I think that's a that's something that absolutely is worth holding his feet to the fire, man. Um, and Eric, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you coming yeah. on Vikings Vent Line. We'll say goodbye to Eric there. Um, Dex, Dex, you had actually oh you gosh. wanted to, you wanted to share a tweet with us here. Right? Yes, yeah, this is from our friend Chad Graff at the Athletic. I'm pretty sure you guys can see this on the screen, but it says uh, Kirk Cousins on that final drive that Mike Zimmer said was quote chaos. Cousins, I'll have to go back and watch the film. You'll have to ask Coach specifically. What oh. he meant. <laughs> Classic, on, dude. dude. Dude, you okay. know what? Okay. Oh, no, Judd, you go first. You go, go ahead, then. Okay. This is the problem here. So Zim, instead of saying flat out, and this would have been completely fair, our quarterback could have played a better game, does not say that because he knows that Cousins can't take that. He then says the offense was chaos, to which Cousins can't take that and responds with that quote. Think about that. Think about being, look, look, this, this just kills me. Bruce Arians, after game one with Tom bleeping Brady, right? Basically called Brady out 
and and rightfully so. He made a few bad plays. Arians broke those plays down and questioned a quarterback who was going to walk into Canton. I think behind the scenes, Brady didn't like it. But publicly, I don't think he did a damn thing, right? This guy can't handle Zimmer literally putting on, and he's been doing this for three years now, his kid gloves to handle his quarterback. Like, th- like this is the type of stuff that if you're a Vikings fan should be a huge red flag and should drive you crazy. This is a clown quote by the quarterback. And again, I wasn't in the room for this. I'm sure there's some context here that I am missing. It's a Zoom call, Phil. I mean, but- But let's go through a couple different important things that we do know to be factual. Number one, the last drive of the game, regardless of the pie chart of blame, was a chaotic clown show. Okay, so is is anybody, the three of us, anybody in the comment section here, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, I think we can all agree whether it was 100% Kirk's fault or 0% Kirk's fault, the last drive of the game was a disaster, right? So that's the first thing. Correct. Second thing, the coach, rightfully so, is pissed about it. Calls a spade a spade in the post game. He he's honest with the media. He's honest with the fans and says, "Yeah, like we've got veterans back on offense. Like, why is it a clown show?" And by the way, when he says we've got all of our veterans, like the lead veteran is the quarterback in that situation. Okay, and so if you're the quarterback, I'm going to read this quote again. I'll have to go back and watch the film. You'll have to ask coach specifically what he meant by chaos. Okay, the correct answer in that spot is, "Yeah, you know what? The coach is right." Without even looking at the film, I agree. It was chaos, and that's on me, period. Even if it's not on you 100%, be a freaking leader. Take responsibility for the chaos on the last drive and own it like the franchise quarterback that you're at least pretending to be. Yeah. God. It's it's very on brand for, for Kirk Cousins to just say that it's the same one. Every week, I'll have to go back and watch the film. I'll have to go back and watch the film. And just for once, like take ownership over something that was difficult, man. It's it's okay to just just to say that I messed this up. Matt Ryan today, even like I'm seeing tweets that say so like, yeah, and there was a I think there was a costly interception that led to that epic collapse. And he said, yeah, it was a bad throw by me. Like he just admits like, yeah, it was a bad throw. I screwed up. It wasn't oh, I'll have to see if the receiver ran the wrong route. Was it the right read? Was it the wrong call? He just straight up says, yeah, I screwed up there. It was a poor throw. Like why can't Kirk Cousins also still have that mentally mental fortitude? Like the like the first quality I want out of a franchise quarterback or any quarterback is just a guy who's a, a I'm going to get us in trouble. A guy who's a leader. Yeah. A guy who takes responsibility, even if it's not his fault. And a guy that doesn't freak out when things aren't perfect around him. Like I am like and, and by the way, like he was well on his way, even with that near pick six that he gave away at the start of the second half. He was well on his way to a redemption game. And and you start to look at you know him finding Justin Jefferson and helping Justin Jefferson blossom and and have his first NFL explosion. Like I was ready to sit here after this this game uh, and say, yeah, Kirk deserves some credit, man. Like kind of called it. He always bounces back after bad games. But then for them to look like that on that last drive, and it doesn't take like blaming Kirk Cousins for the chaos on that last drive doesn't then like take blame off the defense for allowing thirty plus points. Like there's blame to go around here. But just own it, man. Once yeah. in your just life. Just once. Just once for once, for God's sakes, please own it. I so, um, I need more seltzers. I need more Corona Heart seltzers. <laughs> I can tell you that much. All right. Well, and Judd, by the way, Judd has lost a little bit of uh, connectivity here. And so um, I would just say, and 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 just to put a bow on on this episode, Justin Jefferson's a bona fide star. 
Yeah. And you never have to give that back. Like that wasn't a fluke game today. That was a legitimate breakout star performance today. And it's awesome. Kirk Cousins is who he is. This defense has too many holes and too many young players and too many injuries to be anywhere near as dominant as we've seen. And so the Vikings are going to be holding on for dear life defensively probably the entire season. And at this point, 0-3 should not scare you. Embrace the tank. Embrace it. You're going to be be 0-6. And what's going to happen when the Falcons and Vikings come together? I mean, like who is going to have the more epic tank job between the Vikings and the Falcons when they meet here in a few weeks? Yeah. Um, Peter, real quick, I'm going to throw this on the screen here too. I don't know if Judd's Judd's back with us yet or not, but Peter says, is Kirk admitting he was wrong going to change the game outcome? Well, a couple things. Uh, Probably not. It's, It's probably not going to change the outcome. But when you talk about chemistry and you talk about cohesion and you just talk about the dynamic that's needed behind the scenes for everyone to be at their best. It doesn't help when the guy that's paid the most money and the guy that has the most responsibility on his shoulders has sort of a, well, it's not my fault (laughs) mindset. Okay. Like that's just not the mindset that I want. I want a guy that's like actively looking to take the bullet in that situation and looking to make a mistake, which I'll bring it up again. This is today is the 11 year anniversary of Brett Favre finding Greg Lewis in the back of the end zone for a game winning touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Um, now did protection kind of break down on that play? Yeah. Go back and watch that play. Like protection wasn't that good on that play. And Brett Favre had to move around some defenders to find a spot to unleash a throw down the field. And like, he's only thinking about now, sometimes to the detriment of Brett Favre teams, as we saw later that season, he's only thinking about making a play in a big spot. So Judd, I think we got you back. Got us now. Joe, can you hear us now? He's waving goodbye, I think. Okay. But, uh, you know, we, goodbye, Bye, we, do have, uh, we do have Tom, uh, our buddy Tom Roller, who has Let's entered the stream here. Let's get one last call in from Tom. Tom, what's going on, man? It's, it's his birthday, I believe, hey, too. Guys. Hey, guys. Uh, 37 today. Sorry. Big game going on in the bar. Happy birthday, Tom. Step outside. Thank you, guys. Um, uh, I mean, I've been as hard on Kirk as anyone, but there's no reason that, that a team should uh, score 30 points and not be able to win a game at home. Yeah, I totally agree. And by the way, we just yeah, yeah. we just lost connection with Tom there, there too. So, hey, all right, sorry. Wait. The de- the defense was awful late. It was just terrible. So, yeah, and I can't even get my face into focus right now cuz I'm doing some <laughs> birthday celebrating. Love it, man. Uh, well, the anyways, Vikings, um, Vikings gave you a great birthday present with Justin Jefferson going off for a buck 75. Yeah, so I mean, uh, 11, 11 years ago, uh Favre to uh I can't even remember his Greg name. Lewis. Greg Lewis. Greg man. Lewis, thank you. Um, 11 years ago, that was my birthday present. This was, uh, this is my birthday present today. So I guess I was better at 26 than I am at 37. Um, <laughs> well, well anyways, Tom, I'm sorry to bug you guys. No, oh, dude, this, you. Just, this is great. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and, and make sure that as the season progresses here, that, uh, you jump on again with us. All right. Absolutely. All right. See you guys uh, soon. That's Tom from Columbia Heights on Vikings vent line. Exhale. Dex, Trying, I, think, man. I think we're going to call it a wrap here. You got it. On this episode good idea. of Ventline. And again, uh, we do this every single game. If they finish 0-16, then uh, oh, Judd's back for some final words here. Judd, if, they, if they finish 0-16, we're going to give you 16 of these therapy sessions. Judd, we're just wrapping this episode. So any final thoughts from you as we, as we say goodbye to the Minnesota Vikings in week three? Um, I, I think if you're going to uh, choose to uh, tip a Corona Seltzer tonight to a loss or win in your mind, this is a win. I think that this was, I, I think that Declan can look the first two games, 
you know what? You drank because it's sunk, right? I think tonight you're celebrating Justin Jefferson, young cornerbacks, some who can play, some who can't. Um, I do think that this uh, it's it's going to be intriguing, and I don't know if there's going to be much from it, but I do think there could be a juicy storyline here between the head coach and the quarterback as well. Um, the quarterback, look, guys, if they're going to win five or six games um, or less, the quarterback's going to have to learn to take it. Uh, you can't get upset when when you lead a train wreck for a last drive. You can't get upset when it's called a train wreck. And by the way, you weren't personally called out. Like the whole thing was. Um, but I do think that we are officially at least um, not on warning yet. I think we're on Gary Kubiak watch. I dude, think conditions are like, right for coordinator change. Dude, can you imagine like I, I would love to be a fly on the wall for how this plays out passively aggressively at the Vikings practice facility. Can you imagine being Kirk Cousins and walking up to Mike Zimmer at some point during the week of practice and saying, hey, uh, Hey, the uh, the media told me that uh, you just you mentioned that that final draft the, that the final drive was chaos and that we had all of our veterans out there and it was just a chaotic disaster. What did you What did you mean by that, Coach? I want to know Mike Zimmer's response. Like his looking his Kirk, in, his looking Kirk, oh yeah, looking Kirk in the eye and saying, "You're a disaster. You need to not be in fourth and twenty six. I don't care how it happens. Like I don't care that things aren't perfect. It can't result in a fourth and twenty six hail mary in that spot." So figure it out and go away. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee you that um, during his Zoom press conference tomorrow, Zim will be asked about Cousins' response to his quote. And I guarantee you that Mike will will walk it back or will not add fuel to the fire. And I guarantee you that that is a major problem of how Cousins is fundamentally hardwired. Like he shouldn't have to do that. Mike should not. and, And Mike can be blunt at times, and he's probably too blunt for his own good. But this is one thing where if you literally have to walk back what you said, think about, go back to Case. Think about all the stuff he said about Keenum in 2017. And he doubled down. And guess who didn't react? Keenum. Keenum was always fine with it. And I'm not saying that physically Keenum is a better quarterback than Cousins because I don't believe that. But when you are so brittle that you can't, the reason why you can't handle that last drive is why you also can't handle even sort of roundabout criticism. And it's very roundabout because it's not just about you, but you can't handle that from your head coach. That's really problematic. That's the it. Own it. Swim in it. Be comfortable in the uncomfortable. If your cousins, if your cousins, why wouldn't you say Mike was exactly right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and by the way, it's not about like what he says. It's it's like and no, like actually be okay with Mike Zimmer saying that because it's true. And just get to the truth. Just get to the truth. What's the truth? It was a, it was a chaotic disaster, just like Mike Zimmer said. How do, how do you fix it? Okay, I don't be a better leader. Don't freak out. Like yeah, I'm with okay. you. So. All right. Anyways, that's a wrap on this episode of Vikings Vent Line. Judd Zolged from the stadium on the scene and uh, Declan Goff doing a great job producing behind the scenes and sipping on that Corona Heart Seltzer. Mm-hmm. Going to need a few of those after this one tonight. And uh, we thank everyone who has uh, discovered this show over the first few weeks of the season. We are your Vikings therapists and you can find us five days a week on Purple Daily, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And also anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com or the free Scorenorth app. We're also on the Mackie and Judd show, uh, which is our other podcast. We are breaking down twins games like they are football games until their season is over. So all kinds of great stuff to be talking about and plenty more Vikings fallout throughout the week. 
Good to see you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll do it again tomorrow in, in further detail.